Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Friday, November the 11th, 2022. It is currently 1119 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas, and I'm going to adjust my microphone. There we go. Welcome, everyone. I hope you're having a great day, a great morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you may be, whatever time it may be, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. I hope things are going well with you. Unfortunately, we have to once again turn our attention to a very unpleasant subject, the subject of women, abuse, and submission. Not a wonderful topic, okay? Especially considering how horrible thing, uh, the horrible things that have happened within Christian marriages, how the churches in many cases have handled the horrible things that's happened in Christian marriages in an equal, if not worse, horrific way. And it's, it's just not a fun subject that I would like to discuss. Now, I decided, because of an article that was written about something hap- that happened at Grace Community Church, John MacArthur's church, and a woman and all the horrible things that happened to her and how the church handled it, according to her, um, I decided to take that story and just look at the, the deeper issue, the broader topic, right? Instead of focusing on MacArthur, Grace Community Church, and trying to figure out who said what and when did this happen, instead of going down that path, which many w- will, will take that path, and I understand, I decided to step back and just look at the subject from a broader perspective about women and abuse and submission and how, what are some of the things that kind of creates the the culture, the atmosphere, the way of thinking that I think places some women in almost a prison and a trap and they don't know what to do. So we started looking at some of these things and here is the the path that we have taken. The first thing I decided to do was really go back before before anyone says I do, before the mar- before the wedding ever occurs. And that is the whole prospect of how do you find your spouse in the Christian worldview? Because many Christians believe the way you find your spouse is through some kind of mystical thing. You Because God only has one person out there for you. That's the person he chose for you. Your job is to find that person and you have to pray about it and listen to this voice and this and and this leading and th- and this and all of this and it's very mystical to find the person. And then you say when you find the person, this is God's will that I marry this person. God's will is that I marry that person. That is very romantic. It's very beautiful. It's it sounds ultra spiritual, but look at what happens. Then you get into that marriage and then abuse occurs. You're being raped. You're being beat. You're be- Whatever is happening, well, I mean, what do you do? You said that that was God's will. You, you told everyone that that was God's will. This is the person God chose for you. So now do you say, well, well okay, well, God chose them, but I'm getting out. Like, well, what do you do? And why did God choose a person that was going to rape and beat you? Right? So then somehow you may think, well, then it's God's will that I stay here and get beat and raped. It creates a very dangerous situation. So what I said 
is what we should do is like, we should just go to what the scripture says. The scripture gives a, a, a basic requirement, right? That you marry a fellow believer. Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. So if you find a believer and you're a believer, you can say, I am marrying into God's will. In other words, that I'm not marrying outside of God's will because I'm marrying another believer. That's it. Don't say any more. Don't over-spiritualize it. Don't look for some feeling, guiding, leading, some inner voice. No, it's God's word says is you're going to get married. That's the person you want to get married to? Well, are they a believer? Well, yes. I'm a believer? Yes. Okay. Well, then there you go. And I know some people can say, but you've got to make sure they are a believer. you got to verify they are a believer. Well, I, exactly how do you do that? Now, I understand all of the supposed tests that's supposed to prove whether someone is a believer or not a believer, but in most cases, if you take those tests and even apply them to yourself, if you're even halfway honest, you're going to fail the test as well, because whatever you say is the test to prove someone is a believer, basically you're saying, you have to follow these, this this is how you have to live, this is the law. Well, guess what? God's law demands a perfect, exact, entire, and perpetual obedience, and nobody makes it through that. And I mean, how do you, I mean, like there, there's no guarantee. You hope that the person would be honest with you and say, look, you know, to be honest, I like you more than I like this whole Christian thing. Or you know what? You're into this Christian thing a whole lot more than me. But we all know during that quote unquote dating phase, that, that, that infatuation phase, that sometimes people aren't as honest with their feelings as they should be, which then creates major problems later on. But all right, we won't go through all of that. So we talked about that. We talked about the marriage vows. Now, whether people like what I'm about to say or not, I stand by it 1,000%. We need to take all marriage vows and burn them. Burn them, bury them, and then have a nuclear weapon hit the spot which they were buried. Okay, you're saying that's a little bit over the top. No, it's not. Because people stand before, they supposedly are standing before God and all of these witnesses, and they make a claim, till death do us part. And that's, and, and, and I'm going, and some marriage vows even have the word obey in it. Well, we'll, we'll slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down here. First, what happens is people make a vow, but they don't state in their vow the, the exemption, the, 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 you know, the, the things that will exempt them, the exception to those vows. What do I mean by that? Well, what some should say, till death do us part, except if you do A, B, C, D, E. If you're unfaithful, I can get a divorce. If you do this, I can get a divorce. If you do this, I can get a divorce. If you do this, I can get a divorce. If you do this, I can leave you. If you do this, I can get a divorce. But they don't place those exceptions, those exemptions. Well, to me, that is concerning because when you make a vow, God expects you to keep that vow. If you're making the vow to God, you've got to be very specific what you're making a vow about. But I think the vows are nothing more than just symbolism placed there because it's romantic and it's what you're supposed to do. But if you're making, if you're truly making the vow before God, you've got to be very, very precise, very precise in what you say, because the Bible seems to say that God holds you to said vow. Well, if you make a vow, now you're in the marriage. What do you do when everything goes against it? And now you're going to have to break the vow for some that creates a prison. Here's the way the Bible makes this clear. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no, because any additional words typically leads to sin. 
So what should your marriage vow be? Do you take this person to be your wife? Yes. Do you take this person to be your husband? Yes. The end. No more. You say, that's not very romantic. I know it's not, but it's very, 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 very smart if you're making those vows to God. If you're making those vows to God before witnesses, if you see marriage is connected to the local church, then the local church would be responsible to maintain to, for you to keep those vows, and then there could be church discipline for breaking said vows. Now, some want to remove marriage from the church. I understand that. If you want to, if you both want to write your own words that are very romantic and beautiful and express your love to one another, I think that's okay. But but I think it needs to be very clear. I'm making this to you. I make this promise to you. You make this promise to me. Now, both of you are going to fail your promises because you're both sinners. But okay, if you want to do it, just don't make the promise to God. Don't make the vow to God, because if you do that, then, well, then I think there's a problem, right? So I know we're spending a lot of time. So we talked about... um, over-spiritualizing marriage. We talked about vows. We talked about sex within marriage, and we talked about, well, some issues there. We won't go back through all of that. Today, we finally transition into the discussion of submission. Now, I do have an email. I'm not going to read it today, but this that e- the email I received is really what kind of sparked, helped, helped push me to go ahead and do this series, all right? The, 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 art, uh, the article about MacArthur and his church definitely got me concerned and wanting to, talk, wanting to talk about it or at least report on it. But when I received the email, I was like, wow, all right, we've got to talk about this. And it re- a lot of it had to do, do with submission itself. What does that actually look like? What is, what is it? What does submission look like in marriage? What 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 do you have to submit to? What are you exempt from submitting to? What what can you do? What can't you do? Like how does that actually work? And I think a lot of times what happens is first the church will preach some concepts, right? And then you'll have a young couple there writing down those concepts. How they hear those concepts sometimes is up. <laughs> Who knows what they're hearing, but you take that young man, that young woman into a marriage and, and, and you've got two sinners and you've got the man seeing the word, she's supposed to submit to me as unto the Lord. And you may even have her going, I'm supposed to submit to him unto the Lord. And how that plays out in real time behind closed doors sometimes is absolutely frightening and horrific. And I think in many cases, it's not that either is trying to do, I think, I, th- I think in many cases, it's not that either one is trying to do horrible, horrific things, but their understanding of what that looks like and mean can get really, really messy and messed up in Christian marriages. And we have talked a little bit about that. But here's my perspective on this. Before there is submission in marriage, there is another kind of submission that typically gets overlooked. So I don't want to start with submission in marriage in this episode. We're going to talk about the submission that is to occur before marriage. You're all familiar 
with the passage of Scripture, right? Everyone knows. If you've been if you've been in church for any length of time, I, I think women hate, hate the sermons more than anyone, I think. But you know when the pastor says, open up your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 5, I think many cases the women are like, oh. I think, and you, you may be a Christian woman say, I have never felt that once in my life. Okay, maybe you're more godly, but I don't think anyone likes these words. And we know the words, Ephesians 5, 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. You submit yourself to the husband as unto the Lord. Wow. That's, that's crazy. You got to submit to your husband as unto Christ. That's what does that look like in any meaningful, honest way? Now, first of all, I because of our constant discussion about law and gospel at the end of 2022, just know this is very much a law. It's very much tell, and you're going to find yourself condemned. You are, because you're not going to submit the way you're supposed to. It, it's it's you're going to fall short. Your only hope is Christ and only hope is his imputed righteousness. His only hope is the way he ultimately submitted himself to the will of the father, right? You can, you can see that Christ is, is what demonstrated that. And so in him, in, in him, his, his perfect submission becomes your perfect submission. So in Christ, you are perfect and you have submitted correctly and practice. You know, you fall short, you know, you fall short, but everyone focuses on 22, Wives submit, wives submit, wives submit. But everyone seems to forget verse 21. And I think we have to go to verse 21 before you get to verse 22. Because verse 21 reads this. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Before. We can understand submission of the wife to the husband in marriage. We have to understand the mutual submission that is called for before marriage. Before we can understand the submission of a wife to a husband in marriage, we have to understand the mutual submission that is called, to, called for even before marriage. And I don't know, I, I, I think sometimes this doesn't get the attention it deserves. Maybe you feel that it does, maybe it does not. So we have, so let's just start with the most obvious question. I think this is a good question. Is the submission called for in verse 20, make sure I don't misquote, uh, give you the wrong reference. Is the submission in verse 21 the same kind of submission that is in verse 22? Is it the same kind of submission? And how we can at least determine this, at least in part, by is it two different Greek words with two different Greek meanings or two different definitions? Or is it, or is it the, so is it two different Greek words with two different definitions? Is it the same Greek word um, with, the, with, with the same definition? Is it, is it two uh, Greek words with similar definition? I mean, there's all different ways we can go. We just need to understand how we understand these words these words. So what we're going to do is we're going to go, if I can get my iPad to open, 
we're going to go to the Blue Letter Bible app, which is where I always tell everyone to go because we're all using the same app. It's easy for everyone to see the same thing. Blue Letter Bible app. I'm going to say remind me later. I'm in Ephesians 5, and we're going to go to verse 21. All right, so here's what we need to determine. Is it the same Greek word that means the exact same thing? Is it two different Greek words with two completely different definitions? Or is it two different Greek words with very, 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 very similar definitions? We need to know exactly how we understand the mutual submission called for in verse 21 and the submission of a wife to a husband in verse 22, if I can make that clearer than I did just a few minutes ago. All right, here we go. In the interlinear, you will see that it, in English, it's submitting yourselves, submitting yourselves, and submitting yourselves in the Greek is this Greek word. All right, here is the Greek word. Are you ready? Here we go. Strong's G, 5293. Hupatasso. 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 That's a fun Greek word to say. Hupatasso. Hupatasso. All day today, I want you to just talk about hupatasso, 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 all right? That's the Greek word in 521, all right? That is hupatasso yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Hupatasso yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. What does hupatasso yourself one to another in the fear of the Lord? What does that mean? What does that what does it mean? Well, the Strong's definition for hupatasso is this. To subordinate, to obey, be under obedience, put under, subdue, to make subject, in subjection, submit self unto. Hupatasso. Hupatasso means to, to submit, to be under obedience, to, sub, to subdue unto. I mean, that is a submission. That is an obedience. What is it? What does mutual submission look like? Hupatasso. We are submitting ourselves one to another. We are obeying. Our, how does that, what does that look like? It's used 40 times in the King James, Hupatasso. Six, six times it's translated put under, uh, six times be subject unto, five times be subject, five times submit oneself unto, to submit oneself to, be in subjection unto, put in subjection under. Hupatasso. Hupatasso. All right? Now, the outline of biblical usage, and this comes from... Um, yeah, this, this basically comes from Thayer's Greek lexicon, but also from just the way it's used in Scripture. Hupatasso. To arrange under, to subordinate. To subject, to put into subjection. To subject oneself, obey. Now, hupatasso. How does this work? We're subordinate to one another. We're to obey one another. How does this look? To submit to one's control. You're literally giving yourself over to someone else's control. To yield one's admonition or advice. To yield to one's admonition or advice. In other words, to yield to one's admonition or advice. In other words, you're yielding to someone else's thoughts, their advice, their admonition, their, their thinking. You're not fighting for your own. To obey, be subject. This word was a Greek military term, meaning to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. 
and non-military use, it was a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. So what does hupatasso mean in uh, the context of a mutual submission? That, that, that's what we, we really, that to me is if you're going to talk about women and submitting, we got to talk about hupatasso before we ever get to the women and submitting in marriage. And how does the mutual submission impact the submission within marriage? Is there a mutual submission within marriage? Is, is that possible? And people are like, no, the man is in charge. The man is the leader. The woman will submit. Yeah, but what about verse 21 with Hupatasso is saying, submit yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Now, here's, here's the real question, though. Here's the million-dollar question. Is Hupatasso the same Greek word used in Ephesians 6, 22? Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband. Is hupatasso the same? Is, is, the, is the submission in marriage the same as the mutual submission? Well, let's go back and look. Let's go to verse 22, Ephesians 5, 22. Let's go to the antilinear. Submit yourselves, all right? Um, hang on, let me look at here. Wait, okay. Yeah, wives, submit yourselves. All right, submitting yourself. Well, already, I think it's a dead giveaway. Yeah, wives, submit yourselves. It's the same. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same. It's oh, oh, look at it. It it's the same. Look here we go. Listen to it. Strong's G fifty two ninety three, hupatasso, hupatasso. So hupatasso. There is a hupatasso, a mutual hupatasso, and then there's a hupatasso within marriage where the wife is submitting herself unto her husband as unto the Lord. However, doesn't the mutual submission still play in somehow in the marriage, or do we just completely separate the two? Now, if we go back to Ephesians 5.21, we start in verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine. Speak yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody, giving thanks always for all things unto, the, to the, uh, unto God, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Now, I think it could be at least argued. I think it would be fair, and I think it would be textually uh, true that the, the, the hupatasso in 521 is a reference to inside the church. That in the church, there should be a hupatasso, a mutual submitting to one another. Now, I don't know what that looks like in the church, how that actually plays itself out, but I think that I think it's primarily, I think that's true in some level. But isn't that attitude of mutual submission, should that not be the basis the foundation for the submission that's going to enter into marriage? Or do you completely just separate them? There's a, there's a wall built. Okay, outside of the home, hupatasso, inside the, ch inside the church, hupatasso. Inside the home, you hupatasso me. You submit to me. Speaking of me as a man, you submit to me. Now, some may make it that argument. 
what what do you think that there is any correlation between the two? What do you think that do you think that there is a way of of, of bringing that over? I'm I'm almost positive that the commentaries. In fact, I'm going to pull up one. I probably will not even address this. Let's see here. I'm hitting the microphone. I apologize. Let's uh, let's look here. I'm going to pull up some commentaries. I bet you they don't uh, look at this. I bet they don't. Okay. In grammatical construction, so we're, we're going to have a little bit of fun here and just see what we can come up with. I still think there's got to be a connection, but I understand the argument about why there's no connection, but here we go. All right. In grammatical construction, this clause, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord, is connected with the, prece- with the preceding verses. And point of idea, it leads on to the next section which treats the threefold submission of wives to husband, children to parents, slaves to masters. There is, however, a certain connection of idea with the preceding section also, and especially with the engagement of of Christian enthusiasm in the last clause. The strong and frequent emphasis laid in the New Testament on subjection, whether, as in Romans 13, to the civil powers, or in Colossians 3, uh, four and First Peter to domestic authority, or in First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians to ecclesiastical authority, probably indicates some tendency in the first exuberance of Christian liberty and enthusiasm to disregard the wholesome restraints, laws, conventions of outward life. Hence, Saint Paul general caution here uh, to the more detailed teaching of subjection, which follows. All right, so. I think it's true that the New Testament at, at large talks a lot about subjection. You, sub, you are to submit to civil authority. Now, what's interesting is we've seen people find loopholes out of that, right? During the COVID situation, they're like, no, 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 no. Romans 13 is not saying, no, 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 no. I only submit to government that is good and godly and is right. And if the government is, I deem it not good, godly, and right, I no longer have to submit to it. That became the new teaching of, of basically many churches during the COVID situation, which was, which, okay, so then you determine which government is right, and then you get to determine if you obey or not. Well, then why wouldn't you carry that over into marriage? A wife only submits if her husband is good and godly, and the minute he dem- demonstrates he's not, then she doesn't have to submit there, right? Uh, the Bible also talks about ecclesiastical submission, submitting to church leaders, submitting to those who have rule over you. Well, we see that. that we, know, we know that doesn't play out in church because, again, how is that game played? I will submit to you until I disagree with you, and then when I disagree with you, I'm leaving your church because I only stay with the people I agree with. Well, then that's not submission, okay? <laughs> that is, I submit until I agree with you. That's just ridiculous, all right? So, so we know the Bible talks a lot about it. But how does the mutual submission work? How does that flow into marriage? Or is it like we're mutually submitted, but in marriage, there is a clear order? I think some would try to draw that thing. Um, Some go with this. So I'm going to just continue some different commentaries. Subjecting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. The last of the participle exhortations, depending on the general exhortation. Um, 
Most commentators connect it with the three immediate preceding participles, speaking, singing, giving thanks, but are unable to find a link of connection. Better connect it with verse 15, mutual subjection is part of a wise circumspect walk, mutual recognition of each other's rights and of our obligations to serve them. In some sense, we are all servants. We are all bound to serve others. The very father is, in the sense, a servant of his child. So in the Christian church, we are all, a sense, servants. That's, that's interesting. This view is in harmony with the humble spirit of the gospel. Pride leads us to demand rigorously from others what we fancy they owe to us. Humility to give to others what Christ teaches that we owe to them. The one feeling is to be discouraged, uh, the other exercised and strengthened. In the verses following, we have the precepts split up into uh, different filaments. The, uh, the fear of Christ has more authority than the fear of God. It, okay, it goes on. So, all right, I think there's some idea there that there, in a sense, we're all servants. In a sense, we should all be submitted to one another. Now, just think if we took that into marriage, that in a sense, we're all servants to one another. And in a sense, we're all submitted to one another. And that even plays out in some way within marriage. In other words, I wonder if in, I know that everyone says that the submitting yourselves in verse 21 goes to the verses that come before it. I understand that. I just think that the mutual submission that we learn as believers, that you, that I'm, I'm to be your servant, you're to be my servant, we are to be humble and looking out for, we're to put others before ourselves, that whole attitude, we're to submit to government, we're to submit to ecclesiastical authorities, we are, we are to submit to our employer, all of these areas of submission, the, all of these exist before we ever get to marriage. So once we enter into marriage, I am not in any way, shape, or form denying the woman's responsibility to submit to her husband. But should that woman's submission flow out of the mutual submission that exists before it? That within marriage, both individuals see themselves as a servant seeking to put the other before themselves. But in but there still stands this concept of the wife submitting unto the husband. But it flows from the mutual submission that should be present. I understand that submit yourselves goes to the verses that come before. I just think it has to have an impact on what comes after. I'm going to look at some uh I'm going to look at some parallel commentaries here. If I can get them to pull up. All right, here we go. What are some other commentaries have to say here about this? Uh, submitting yourselves one to another, maintaining due subordination in the various relations of life. The general principles of religion. The apostle proceeds now to illustrate in reference to wives, children, and servants. At the same time that he enforces the duty of submission, however, he enjoins on others to use their authority in a proper manner. Okay. All right. I don't say much about that mutual submission there. All right. Uh, that doesn't help us. Yeah, that doesn't help us. Uh, yeah, they don't do much here. I'm looking. I don't, I'm not getting a lot of help here. They says uh, the Cambridge Bible for schools and colleges. 
reads, the primary point in the spiritual ethics of the gospel is humiliation. Self is dethroned as against God and consequently as against men. Here, the special but not exclusive reference is to fellow Christians. The precept seems to have been suggested by the humble, loving spirit, which the moving principle of thanksgiving. All right. I I think... um, yeah, I think that there I think our problem and I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to work this out with you. I I understand that it goes to the verses before. I look, I please don't think that I'm I'm in any way ignoring that fact. I just think that if if you're if if you think of every area of your life and you're and and, and just think of these principles, all right? Just stay with me here. All right, see if this works. Before you say I do. Before you walk into your home the first day as a married couple, right? Before you start living out your life as a married couple and you have to now figure out, okay, what does it mean that you submit to me? Before we ever get there, before we ever, you know, you, you pick up your bride and carry her across the threshold of the door to the, to the, to the home, before that ever happens, before that ever occurs, There are some principles in both the man and the woman, if it's going to be a Christian marriage, that has to be understood. And these are some basic principles, all right? Each individual is called to die to themselves, to deny themselves, and no longer follow themselves. Jesus made that very clear in Matthew 16, after Peter was like, no, you, you're you not going to go and die. No, that's not going to happen. Peter, get behind me, right? Or Satan, get behind me. It doesn't say Peter, get behind me. Satan, get behind me because you basically have in mind the things of men, not the things of God. And then he calls the disciples to d- take up your cross, deny yourself, or deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So as a Christian, that should be the, that should be the mutual thing in both the husband and the wife. Is that, okay, before we ever get to, honey, you submit to me, we should be striving as individuals, no, we're never going to do it perfectly, to die to self, deny self, die die to self, and no longer follow self. So if you have two individuals who are dying to self, denying self, and not following self, then there's going to be, there's going to be a a mutual approach to things that's going to be one of humility one of deference, deferring to the other person. It's going to be, and we can add more to this. The Bible says to think of others before yourself. The Bible tells us to be humble, placing others before ourselves. So we should go into marriages as two individuals who are dying to self, denying self, no longer following self, who are mutually placing the other before themselves. Now, if you, if, if, if we, before we ever get to wives submit to your husband, that should be the way it works. And we know that as a Christian, listen, we're supposed to be demonstrating submission in all these areas to government, to ecclesiastical or church authority, to our employer. So there's already supposed to be a su- spirit of submission in both believers submitting to God, right? Dying to self, denying self, putting others before yourself, submitting in all of these other areas, and a, a mutual submission at least to one another, at least within the church. 
All of that submission should already be like talked about in all these other areas. Then you then you finally step across the threshold of the door. You're now you're now married. Here you are. You're my wife. I'm your husband. Now there is a mutual submission there because all of the other areas of submission and we're and and but now the wife flowing from that is supposed to be I I am to submit to you as unto the Lord. But it has to flow from all of those other areas and realms and 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 aspects of submission. I, I just think that we 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 ignore all of the other and we just go right into all right, wives, submit. And I, I think, well, wait a minute, there's a lot of other submission going on for both the husband and the wife. That that's that's what I really want us to consider. How does that all that other submission flow into the marriage? I am no I, I'm going to get someone saying you're being a liberal and you're trying to deny. No, I'm not. I'm saying, look, I understand it says wives submit to yourselves to the husband as unto the Lord. I mean, that's I I wow, that's a weighty verse. It, I, it is. I mean, you're submitting yourself to your uh, to your husband as unto the Lord. That is hard for me to even wrap my mind around. It's got to be hard for women to figure out. And I think the church has, who knows all the horrible things that's been done as a result of that verse, because sinful people t- holding holy scripture, we have a way of corrupting it really quick and using it in horrible, 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 harmful ways. But that's a big burden for a woman to carry. That that is a big. I'm just going to go to the. I'm going to I'm going to look at something here. Uh, I'm going to see here. Same. Uh, so it says Ephesians five twenty two through twenty three. I'm going to just read some com- uh, some commentaries here. All right. St. Paul passes from warning against special sins to consider the three great relations of life. First considered as subjections and so illustrating the general principle of submission, but ultimately viewed of uh, their mutual obligations and rights. Now, I think that's in- interesting. They are to be, it's, this submission is to be, to be viewed as their mutual obligations and rights. Accordingly, he dwells on the relation of marriage, declaring it to be hallowed as the type of unity of Christ with his church, and hence drawing the inference of the duty of free obedience in the wife and of self-sacrificing love in the husband. The, The passage may be held to contain the complete and normal doctrine of the New Testament on this great question written in time when Christianity had already begun to exalt and purify the, uh, well, they would argue marriage, all right? Um, they, don't, they don't, but again, they don't go on to really talk much about, about it. Um, let's see here. They don't say anything here. Yeah, okay. Some of these, the thing is they don't really do a lot trying to exactly what it means. See, here, Matthew Henry goes, I mean, he goes straight to it. The duty of wives is submission to their husbands in the Lord, which includes honor and obeying them. Oh, I mean, what does that look like? 
all right? And I'm not saying I'm not saying that there isn't some of that there. It's just we got to make sure we understand this in a way that is is properly understood. Uh Okay, yeah, there's there's much this one has a lot that we could get into. Uh, yeah, uh, most of the commentaries yield, honor, and obey them. Yield, honor, and obey them. See, it says, and in obedience, this is uh, Gill's exposition, and in obedience, they should think well of their husbands, speak becomingly to them and respectful of them. The wife should take care of the family and family affairs according to the husband's will, should should, uh, imitate him and what is good and bear with that which is not so agreeable. She should not curiously inquire into his business, but leave the management of it to him. She should help and assist and caring and providing for the family and should abide with him in prosperity and adversity and do nothing without his will and consent. Wow. <laughs> that, that, those are some strong words. Those are some strong words. And that's, and, and listen, we have to at least acknowledge that that, those words, that's from Gill's exposition of the entire Bible, John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. You can read it for yourself. His words are maybe some of the strongest. You can see how that could lead to then a woman in an abusive situation, not knowing what to do, or even feeling like I have to obey. I have to submit, even if I'm being beat. This is God's will. And, and that has played out in the church. Anyone who denies that is just, you're foolish. It is denied because guess what? So here's the thing in marriage. This is just the fact. It's a sinful woman. It's a sinful man. If the sinful woman is going to struggle with the submission, which she will, the husband is going to struggle with having that authority and power and will possibly abuse it at times. I mean, there's no question about it. And when I say abuse, it doesn't mean necessarily beat the woman. Or I'm just saying he's not going to handle it in the most godly way. But I still think the mutual, all, all of these other areas of submission can't just, it's, it's almost like once the door is closed to the home, right? Okay. Husband and wife walk in, they close the door. It's like all of those other things go out the window. And it's now it's like the woman will obey me. The woman will submit to me. And I'm just saying that maybe we have to carry into that door, but carry into the house before we close the door. Some of these other areas. Well, both of those individuals now behind that closed door are supposed to be denying self, dying to self, and no longer following self. Both of those behind those closed door are supposed to be thinking and putting the other before themselves. Both of them are to demonstrate humility, right? Both of them, at least in some capacity, are supposed to both be mutually submitted to one another. Now, obviously, the husband has 
of if the woman's task is impossible, submit yourself as unto the Lord. The husband's task is equally impossible. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Give me a break. Name me a husband who's ever pulled that off. So immediately we know we're facing law and it's going to condemn everyone in a Christian marriage. Our only hope is Christ. It's our only hope is Christ. In him, we obey all of them. Listen, we obey them in our position, in our practice, we fall short. There's there's no easy answers here, right? Because what happens is some people, will, will they want to so just just basically annihilate and rip out of the pages of the Bible the fact that the wife is to submit to the husband. They can't stand that. Like, if, if, if I took John Gill's words and posted them on most social media sites in 2022, it would be a complete, utter rebellion and revolt and, like, what kind of nonsense is that? That is insanity. That is some patriarchy. That is some garbage. Throw that stuff out. I think even Christian, many Christian women would be like, that's, that's a joke. I'm not doing that. And, and the reason why is because of the abuse that has occurred. So the abuse makes us shy or shy away from what the scriptures say. The scriptures are, have a clear thing here. All I'm trying to do is, is understand it from the light of other scripture. All, I guess all I'm trying to do today is say, well, we've got the submission there. I can't deny that. It's there. And each, and each woman has to deal with what that, how that plays itself out. And it's a struggle. I, I can't imagine being in that position, but I should be able to imagine being in that position because the Bible tells me to be and submit to the government, to submit to this authority, to this authority. It tells me to be mutually submissive to other believers. It's the same Greek word, remember? It's how we started all of this. So I should be able to understand it. I should be able. But I, I still, that's, I mean, marriage, I, I guess. Trying to maintain this attitude in the home for the wife submitting to the husband. That, I think it makes it just so much more difficult because you're in your home. You're in, I mean, this is your, like, Submitting to government, I only I only encounter that in certain situations. Submitting to my employer, only in certain situations may that become an issue. But in your home, it's going to be a constant issue that you struggle with. I just think somehow the submission in the home has to flow from these other concepts. And I, I and I understand that none of the commentaries did what I just did. I know all the commentaries just they basically they get to twenty two, boom, it's on the woman. They will talk about the other areas of that. Yes, the Bible does talk about other realms of submission, but man, they get right to the and they immediately go to the word obey. And like even say she's she shouldn't even be entry, get involved in his business. Like I mean, it is a. It is an, I don't know what it's supposed to actually, I, here's the thing. Does anyone know exactly what it's supposed to look like? See, I think we see the words, right? Just think, this is what the text gives us. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. 
Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, it doesn't lay out exactly what that looks like. And what happens if the husband doesn't love you as Christ loved the church? Because I guarantee you, he's not going to love you as Christ loved the church. Because Christ's love for the church is perfect. It's exact. It's entire. It's perpetual. He's not going to love you that way. So here's, I think this is what you have to go into marriage as. The wife will not submit herself unto the husband as unto the Lord, because that would be a perfect, exact, perpetual submission. She's going to fall short. The husband is not going to love his wife as Christ loved the church because that would have to be a perfect, exact, entire, perpetual love. It's going to fall short. So immediately you have to go into it. Here's what God calls you to do. You're both going to fall short of it. Not even close. Not from a biblical standard. Now, what happens, and we've talked about this in other areas, once once sin enters in, it it blows everything up. Now it gets ugly. Now it gets messy. Now it gets difficult. Because you've got two individuals not doing what God's called us to do. Because we're not, we're going to fall short of it. I'm not saying that just excuses it. I'm saying that's the reality of it. So what I guess I'm trying to say is there are these other concepts that I think have to flow into it, especially in the submitting part. Because submission is called for both. Both of those individuals are to be submissive individuals in this way. Both are to be submitting to all these other realms of authority, including God. Both are to be dying to self, denying self, not following self. Both are supposed to be putting the other before their self. Both are supposed to be mutually submitted to themselves, at least in the context, I think, I, I think Ephesians would, at least in the context of the church. All of that has to be present, and that has to be brought into the house. That has to be brought into the marriage, because if it isn't, then once you get in the marriage, then all of the problems start, and and, and all the conflict begins, which it will be there anyway. I'm just going to stop right there. I hope this sparks some good conversation and thinking about it. But man, the scriptures, those, those are, I mean, those are, just try to, just try to comprehend exactly what that means. If the wife submits herself unto the Lord in everything. I mean, the, the, it, it's just amazing because if you think of these two scriptures, I guess I'll end with this. And this really goes back to our law and gospel and my issue sometimes with Christianity. Do you know how frequently within Christian marriages we are falling? We, we, I mean, basically every day, 24-7, we fall short of these two, these two scriptures. The wife falls short of submit to ev- in everything, and the husband falls short of loving Christ, loving his wife as Christ loved the church. That's perpetual disobedience. It's present in every Christian life, but it never, it's like, okay, as long as you don't commit. Now, if you commit some other sins, oh, it's the end of the world. There's church discipline. It's public scandal. It's going to be all over social media. But these two sins, both parties are sinning all the time. And somehow we've kind of just like, well, as long as you don't do this or you don't do this, you're okay. And we don't feel that guilty about it. 
This just is another example that God's law condemns. The law here condemns us. And I know I'm going to get the Christians. No, we can obey everything in Christ. No, you can't. You No, you obey in your position and practice. You still have a sinful nature and you're still going to fall short. And if these two scriptures don't condemn you, I don't know what does. You fall short of these things continually, just like I do. I, I just go through all of it. Christians don't submit to civil authorities the way they should. We don't submit to ecclesiastical ecclesiastical authorities the way we should. We don't submit to our bosses the way we should. We don't mutually submit ourselves to one another the way we should. We we uh, wives don't submit to their husbands the way they should. Uh, we, we can go on and on and on and on. All of the things I've talked about, we fall short of. That's the reality of it. And then that creates all the conflict within the marriage. And then problems erupt. And then sin occurs. I mean, sin is already occurring because we're not following what we're supposed to. But we can't truly do so. Now, just because we can't and we have to rely on Christ doesn't mean we just say, well, don't worry about it. We have to figure it out. I just think the submission has to consider all of these other things and has to be brought into it to some level. I know nobody is going to go along with that. I know that. But it's got to somehow. All right, I'll stop there. You can email me your disagreements on all of this. And I did this on purpose. I wanted to just kind of like struggle through it with you. I wanted to just be like struggling with it through you, with you. I wanted to be struggling through the issue with you, if I can speak correctly. All right. All right. Let me know your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. It's going to be interesting to get the perspectives from the men versus the women. I bet you there's going to be some widely different opinions on this subject, widely, and especially for women who were in abusive situations, maybe, you know, who or may still be in, like it can create some, there's going to be some very different, different, different uh, reactions to this. Just remember, we, we, uh, I can, uh, the feelings are real. The scriptures though, when it, when God gives his commands and his laws, doesn't take into account anything. It's just like, this is the way it is. We talked about that, um, I believe, on Wednesday night in our discussion on law and gospel. So, all right. I, I hope this was beneficial. I, I, maybe, maybe I approached this in a way you've never heard approached before, and maybe there will be some good that comes from it, but I, I can't wait to get your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a wonderful day. God bless.